Go please to the book of Genesis this evening again. We have been on the subject now for some weeks of the moving of the Spirit. Can the Spirit move in cold weather? He doesn't get stiff and froze up, does he? No, no, absolutely, certainly never, no. He's always ready to move. And we are hungry to learn better how to yield to him and allow him full movement. Not just in church, but at home and on the job and everywhere all the time. Genesis 1, 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Say that out loud, that last part of that verse. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. He moved. Does he still move today? Oh, thank God, yes. And if you ever experienced much of the moving of the Spirit, then nothing else will satisfy you forever after that because nothing else compares. And there's a whole lot of stuff that people get hyped up about and there's a lot of flesh and there's confusion. But once you taste the real, then nothing else will satisfy you. Because uh, when you experience the true moving of the Spirit, you are tasting of the powers of the world to come. Hallelujah. You are tasting of your future. <laughs> Woo, glory. And uh, so many times people say, well, you know, it's as the Spirit wills. And there are many things that are that way. It's true. But He wills a lot more than people think. There are many times He's been willing to do some things. But uh, people have not understood They didn't recognize it was him. They knew something was going on, but they didn't know it was him, and they didn't know how to yield, and they didn't know how to cooperate. And we've talked about that so many times, even people that have tasted a little bit of the moving of the Spirit, they might know one way to yield, or two, or three, but that's about it. Then they try to put everything in that same box, and when they sense him, they just try to do the same thing they did last time, and sometimes just dissipate the anointing. For instance, you know, the Bible said the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost came on all of them and they were filled with the Spirit. Well, he's moving then, right? How'd they get filled? He's moving, moved on them. They were all filled with the Spirit and what happened? Begin to speak with other tongues. So how did you yield to the Spirit's moving on that occasion? Well, it wasn't time to run, wasn't time to shake, wasn't time to scream. What was it time to do? Speak in tongues. For instance, one day it says Jesus came and he was preaching. And it said the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Well, then how do we yield to this? Well, it's not just time to talk in tongues. It's not time to dance. Did you hear me now? What's it time for? It's time, the way you yield to the moving of the Spirit on this occasion is it's healing time. 
receive a healing. Let's yield to healing. Believe we receive healing. So just a couple of examples. And we're never going to learn every and all the ways the Spirit can move. He is God, you know. (laughs) And you could write a 10 million volume set on the moving of the Spirit. And you would not cover everything. Now we know that there are nine main ways. Main areas and main ways that he manifests himself. You remember that in 1 Corinthians? Talks about, you know, word of knowledge and word of wisdom and uh, discerning the spirits and faith. Some translations say special faith or working the miracles and gifts of healings and tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Well, these are some of the main ways that he moves. We need to be very familiar with these. And it's no wonder that in so many cases that people, uh, so many groups are so very limited in the moving of the spirit because you got whole denominations don't even believe in tongues or interpretation or prophecy. Well, that's a third, <laughs> right? Of the manifestation of the spirit. You got some of the same people, some other people, they don't believe in healings or miracles. Did you hear me? Uh, or special faith. You see what I'm saying? So if you don't believe in this, you actually believe against it. The Spirit of God couldn't even try to move with you. You don't believe in it. So you're not going to cooperate with Him. You're not going to yield to Him. Well, we know, you and I, I'm talking about in this church, we know a little bit. <laughs> Least we believe in tongues. <laughs> right? We believe in interpretation. We believe in prophecy. We believe in healings. We believe in miracles, right? It's a good start. And the rest, we believe in. We believe it's for today. Happens now. So at least we're open. (laughs) Thank God. But there's much more yet to learn and know and understand about cooperating with Him. Now, we've covered a number of things, but go on over to the New Testament, to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, are you there? Verse 4, he said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In demonstration of the Spirit. Well, then would the Spirit have been moving? Well, he demonstrated something. How are you going to demonstrate something and you didn't do anything? Well, he's doing something. He's moving. And to demonstrate, what does that mean? Well, one definition would be show. To show it. And he said demonstration of the Spirit and it wasn't just dead. It was of power. That... Or so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Should we have faith not just in men and men's smarts and men's intellects and men's wisdom and understanding, but faith in what? No, what did the scripture say? Faith in the power of God. The scripture said in the last days, there'd be people who would have a form of godliness, but they would deny what? Power. They'd power. deny the power. 
That say, oh no, no, that's passed away. No, the age of miracles is past. No, God don't do that. They would deny the power. And you see it. There's a lot of people like that. Not us, not us, not us. Not you, right? Say it out loud. I have faith. I believe in the power of God. Now. Hallelujah. We have faith. In the power of God. So when you come up against something that a man can't fix. And nobody knows what to do about it. It can still be fixed. By the power of God. Right? I can still get my needs met. When I don't see any way. By the power of God. I can still be healed. When it's said to be. You know incurable. I can still be healed. Why? What man can't do. What medicine can't do. What surgery can't do. The power of God can do. It can. Yeah, but they're in such bad shape and my family member and this and that and they can't break out. Yeah, by the power of God, they can change. They can get free. Yeah, but it seems impossible. There's a lot of things seem impossible and are impossible with man, but not with God, not with God. Say it again. I have faith in the power of God. Glory to God. Yes, we do. Skip on over to the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12. This chapter starts off by saying, now concerning spiritual, actually the word gifts is in italics. It was added by the translators. Literally, you could say it like this, concerning spirituals are things of and pertaining to the spirit. So would this be a good chapter to read and study about the moving of the spirit? Oh, yeah. And before it's over with, we're going to get in here some. I would not have you ignorant. Now, any times the Lord says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this, why would he have said it? Because <laughs> there's a lot of ignorance. There are whole denominations that stay out of this chapter. Right? <laughs> he said, I don't want you ignorant about this. And he goes on to say, verse 4, there are diversities Uh, Well, verse 3, I need to read again. I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now see, he starts off this chapter talking about the gifts and manifestations and ministries of the Spirit by saying, when the Spirit of God is moving and speaking, he's not going to say anything bad about Jesus. He's going to glorify Jesus. And if there's something supposed to be a tongue or interpretation or some kind of prophecy or some kind of vision and it's disrespectful of Jesus and it says something bad about Jesus, it cannot be the Holy Ghost. So now we got into that quite a bit last week and let me just reiterate two main things about the moving of the Spirit. The Spirit moves to manifest the Word. And the Spirit moves To magnify Jesus. Which is really saying the same thing. Because he is the word. But it stimulates your thinking in two different areas when you say it like that. Let me say it again. We're talking about the moving of the spirit. Do we hunger for the moving of the spirit? Well, what is he interested in? The spirit of God. What's he interested in? He's interested in manifesting 
Or we've seen both words here. I was about to read it here in 1 Corinthians 12. He said, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Who can have this moving of the Spirit? Every man. That means every male man and every female man. You understand what I'm saying? Man, when he says man, he's talking about both genders. Every person can have the manifestation of the Spirit to profit with all for the profit of the whole body, which glorifies Jesus. When his body is built up and edified, that blesses and pleases and glorifies him. Not, notice why he said, why would he add that? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, the whole. See, it's not just for individual benefit. We talked about that some last week, but I need to pick up here and review and reiterate. The moving of the Spirit is not just about you and I having experiences. That's where people get off. And not just two or three people, virtually everybody. It's a characteristic of youth. When I say youth, I don't just mean chronologically. You can be 50 years old, but just got saved last week. And you're an infant. You're a baby spiritually. And growth is not automatic by reason of time. Just because you've been a Christian for 40 years doesn't mean you are mature. You could still be a baby. Growth and development is not automatic. Your spirit must be fed and you must exercise your faith and your love and your spirit. And if you're getting fed spiritually and you're exercising spiritually, you'll grow. So what the Bible said is newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You're not going to grow up spiritually just hearing preaching on politics and social reform. And theories and people's ideas and opinions and experiences. Your spirit must be fed the word. And the Bible talks about in faith. Nourished up in the words of faith. Now that doesn't mean every sermon is about faith. But every sermon is in faith. From faith. In faith. Of faith. Ends in faith. Right? Do you remember the first time you really heard words of faith? I do. I had been in church for some years and not knocking anybody, but just sometimes people, if if people don't know the word, they're going to preach something else. I mean, if you don't know the word, how are you going to preach the word? You'll preach what you think and you'll preach your opinions and your experiences and what you heard somebody else say and your church's position. Right? And theories and every other thing. But I remember as I was in my mid-teens, I guess, first time I heard words of faith, and I heard a tape, a cassette tape. And uh, when I heard it, I turned it off, and my head didn't get half of what the man said. But my spirit is going, yeah, yeah, give me some more. Yeah, yeah, give me some. It was the first time since I'd been born again that I'd really been fed. And my spirit knew it. And man, I got hungry for it. And I every day when I'd get through a work, I'd come back to my little, uh, Phyllis and my little trailer 
our little Marriott mobile home <laughs> with the uh, red uh, shag carpet and genuine imitation leather sofas. And uh, put the tape on and after supper and I'd listen and take notes and listen and take notes. Didn't realize it, but God was getting us ready. He was building my faith enough to where I could answer the call. Didn't even know I was called. And, uh, you know, it's like anything else. Uh, have you ever uh, exercised your calf muscles? Anybody ever exercised your calf muscles? I did this week. I was in the hotel room and I had a test coming up and I wanted to get my blood circulating real good before I got in there and took that test and had to use my mind. So I thought I'd do me a hundred side straddle hops real quick. So I did. Everything was cool. Till the next day. I got up and I went, ow, ow, what's wrong with my, I was very aware of my calf. Well, I had calves the day before. Right? They didn't go anywhere. But that day, I am much more aware of my calf than the previous 24 hours. Why? Because I exercised them. Now, when you start feeding your spirit and you start exercising your spirit, you're going to become more aware of your spirit. And that's where the Holy Spirit lives. So you're going to become more aware of Him. And then you're going to be able to learn and be aware of and cooperate with his movings. And you're going to yield to him better as you develop. And he said this manifestation of the spirit is given to who? Every, every man. Not just so you can sit in your chair and go, whoopee, I'm having an experience. But so it can benefit somebody and help the whole body. And Jesus gets glorified. Let me say it again. Spirit of God, what is he interested in when he's moving? What does he move to do? Manifest the word. We read it in Genesis. He was hovering over the face of the deep. Why? Why is he there? Very next verse says, God said, light be. Then what happens? Light. That's some kind of power was released and manifested. Well, why does it tell you just a few words before the Holy Ghost was hovering? What's he hovering for? Well, he brought that word into manifestation, right? Is he still hovering today? Is he lost any of his power? Is he still ready to manifest and bring the word of healing to pass? The word of prosperity to pass? The word of protection to pass? Oh, he's ready. He's ready. He's ready. When the word of God, not just your words and my words, his words are spoken in faith, then the spirit of God moves. To manifest that word. He's here tonight. He's moving to manifest this word. You know. When something comes through me. And you look and go. Whoo yeah. Whoo glory to God. That's not because Keith is so dynamic. That's the spirit of God. Quickening that word inside you. That's not me. That's him. Right. So it's not like he never moves. He's been moving around here all the time. He's moving tonight. He moves when you're sitting in your chair with your Bible. You're reading your chapter and you get something you never saw. And you go, whoo, glory. Well, he just manifested that word to you. Right? Anywhere, anytime, he is moving. But he can move more. Right? Much, much.
He manifests the word. What else does he do? He magnifies. Now what does magnify mean? Well, uh, here's two definitions. Very good ones. One key word for magnify means to grow or increase. Grow or increase. Another one, boy, I like this one. To magnify means to cause to be held in greater esteem or greater respect. Boy, that certainly fits here. To cause to be held in greater esteem or greater respect. Is the Spirit of God interested in you and I respecting Jesus more and esteeming Him greater and more? He's not going to increase. It's just we're going to realize some more about how big He is and how wonderful He is. He's magnified in us and to us. Now go to John 14. Let's remind ourselves of this. This is why Jesus said uh, one of the big reasons, excuse me, uh, 16. Go to John 16, 14. Uh, 14, 15, 16, all through these chapters is so much about the Holy Spirit. But for right now, just 16. And see, uh, one of the main reasons Jesus said the Spirit of God was coming And what he would be doing. How he would do it. John 16. John 16, 13. We'll begin reading. Says when he the spirit of truth. The spirit of what? Uh, Two more things that you can tell. When the spirit of God moves. It will always be absolute true. And truth. And when he moves. It will be love. And you can tell wrong spirits and and a wrong spirit in a person or something else by selfishness and by falseness. Someone said, you know, I've heard people say, well, boy, you know, so-and-so, they're they're a good guy. They got a good heart. But boy, watch them, they'll lie to you. (laughs) Well, no, that don't work. Right? When the Spirit of God moves, He is the Spirit of truth. And He also is God. God is love. So when the Spirit of God is really moving through somebody, they're not out to what they can get out of you. And they're not going to deceive you. The Holy Ghost never deceives. And He is not selfish. And he magnifies Jesus. Keep reading here and you'll see that. He said he shall not speak of himself. I said this but I'll repeat it. I had the privilege of teaching the subject of the Holy Spirit in Ramah for several years. And when I was preparing on that during the summer before the classes began. As I just was immersing myself in the word. I was studying on the person of the Holy Spirit. That he is a person. And if you'll study the scriptures, he speaks, he hears, he has what we might call emotions. He has feelings, he can be grieved, he can be vexed, he can be pleased. And as I begin to get into this and study this, I saw, man, the Holy Spirit's real. I just stopped at my desk. I said, Holy Spirit, you're real. You're a person. I can know you like any other person I know. Tell me about yourself. I just said it out loud because it came up in my spirit. And when I did, he said, uh, 
When he has come, he'll not speak of himself. I don't mean I heard an audible voice. In my spirit, he brought that up. And I thought, okay, all right. <laughs> right, I got it. Tell me about Jesus. Oh, did you get that now? Did he say this? Keep reading. He shall not speak of himself. Then is he going to anoint people to talk about themselves? This is another way you can tell something is not the true moving of the Spirit. Somebody that takes half the service telling you about how great of a prophet they are. Or how great of an apostle. Or the, and it's a subtle thing. Again, youth are susceptible to this kind of thing because of pride and ignorance. And I'm talking about spiritual youth now. I made some mistakes in that area myself when I first began. You know, I'm thinking about my ministry and my call and my anointing. And the more you talk about that and the more you think about that, the further you're going to get away from it. Because the Holy Ghost is not coming, moving to glorify you. And people, you know, in their immaturity, in their carnality, they daydream about me having all this power. People do. In their immaturity and their pride, their spiritual pride, they daydream about me having all these experiences. Oh, about me getting caught up in the glory and me seeing things and me having power. And oh, yeah, I'll preach and there'll be so much power, it'll just knock the people down. And I'll lay hands on people and there'll be so much power, it'll just roll them back in the back of the building. And oh, I'll have power that maybe there'll be lightning bolts might fly off my fingertips. Because I'll have Power. But what they don't hear is all this, I, 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 I'll have, I'll see, I, I, I. The Holy Ghost is not interested in everybody leaving, ooing and aahing about you. He's not here to manifest Keith. And to glorify and magnify Keith. Or Susie, or Bill, or Tom, or anybody else except... The Word made flesh, Jesus the Messiah, the Christ. It's Him. And nobody else. Nobody. 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 And you watch it. The more you emphasize flesh, the less anointed they'll be. You actually, A person can start out with a strong anointing and absolutely lose it. By reading their own press. And the devil will have people to come up to you. There's been times when God used me in certain supernatural ways. Some of them spectacular. And then, maybe if it was a huge, I've been in crowds where there were 10,000 people. And some special things happened. And it seemed like 500 people wanted to tell me how wonderful and amazing I was. It's a trick. Aren't you listening? Because you don't need to hear all that. Because if you get to thinking about that and thinking that way and let some of it seep in, it will cost you your anointing. Because if something happened, you didn't do it. He did it. If he used you, it was a privilege to get used. He could have used somebody else. Right? And what you need to do, the more God uses you, uh, when he does, you need to go home and put your nose in the carpet and just worship God. You don't need to hear how great you are. And I have learned the bigger of a deal people make out of you. There's been times before. 
And I learned this from my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin. He did not like big introductions. And we'd be in places and somebody would come to me and they'd say, now I know Brother Hagin said don't make a big deal, don't, you know, but he's been so much in my life, you know, I know he said that, but I want to do it. I said, mm-mm, don't. He said, well, you know, I don't think he'll mind. I said, yeah, he will. They said, well, I don't think he will. And they just go on and do it anyway because they think that, you know, he's just saying that. But it would irritate him. They didn't know it, but I had learned his little motions. <laughs> he'd sit up there and he'd wrap his fingers on, <laughs> on his leg. And I'm thinking, he don't like this. He don't like this. And he's like, you know, when are they going to get done? And the first thing he'd do, he said, let's all stand up and give glory to Jesus. And it wasn't because he's trying to be humble. He learned something that eventually I came to learn. The more people look at you, the drier and deader and weaker you will be. And I don't like dry and dead and weak. I like anointing. Anointing and power and manifestation of the Spirit. And the only way you're going to have it is when me and you are looking to Him. The Holy Ghost is not in the business of making a big deal out of you and me. He's not here to manifest me and you and to glorify and magnify me and you. When Jesus is glorified, that is our glory. He's our head, right? When he's exalted, we're blessed. That is our blessing. Can you say amen? The reason I keep saying it is because there's so many subtle ways of getting away from this. The devil's tricky. He's crafty. He's subtle. And all this talk about my ministry and my anointing and my call. Is a subtle way of taking you away from that. Can you say amen? Do you understand I should say? John 16. Let's keep reading this. When the spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself. So like I learned. Don't ask him to. (laughs) But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. That's part of the moving of the Spirit. And actually, that's another way of saying word of wisdom. Showing you things to come is a manifestation of the Spirit called word of wisdom. Wisdom has to do with looking ahead and revelation of the plan of God. And the purpose of God. What's out beyond you. Now he's never going to sit down with you. And your day timer. And take you day by day. He's not going to do that. Word of wisdom. Not book of wisdom. Not page of wisdom. Not paragraph of wisdom. Not even sentence of wisdom. What? A word. And you'll have a glimpse. Somebody say well I want to know more than that. Well if you saw it all. You wouldn't have to walk by faith. So no, he's not going to show it all to you. He's going to, he'll give you a word, a part, and you have to walk by faith to find out the rest of it. Verse 14, oh, get this, get this. What did Jesus say the Holy Spirit was going to do? He shall glorify me. He'll receive of mine and will show it to you. This is a biggie now. Verse 14, what's the Holy Ghost going to do when he comes? 
He shall glorify me. Who's talking? Jesus. He's going to glorify me. He has come. So what does he do? When he moves, what's he going to be doing? Glorifying Jesus. Glorifying Jesus. Not flesh. Not you. Not me. Not Faith Life Church. Right? So, you know, let me help you. You know, sometimes I know people mean well. They just don't know what to say. But uh, we all these testimonies. You don't know it, but there's a lot of stuff we leave out. Because they, you know, how wonderful Faith Life Church is and how wonderful we are and this and that. Well, no, if something happened, it was the Word. It was the Spirit of God. It was the Lord. Right? And so let's, you know, visitors might not know and people that are just watching and joining us for the first time. But you need to know how to talk. Right? You don't make a big deal out of me and Phyllis. You don't go on and on about us. We are gifts to you. From him. If you're happy about it, tell him. He's the one that gave us to you. We had no clue and no idea about Branson or coming here or seeing you. It was his idea. Now we're happy about it now. And we like you. But it was his idea. We are gifts from him to you. And this church is a gift to you and to this community and to the world. Right? People are being ministered to on the other side of the planet tonight. And so anything and everything good that happens, it was his idea. And he's the one that initiated it. And if he hadn't sustained it and he hadn't brought the money in, then none of this would be here. He gets the glory. The Spirit of God moved and manifested so that Jesus would be seen. The Word would be shown and manifested and He would be glorified. And the more interested you and I get in this, and the more we forget about ourselves, the more of the move of the Spirit we're going to see and we're going to have. But, you know... The Spirit of God began to move and do some more powerful things and more powerful things and even some spectacular things and some signs. But the moment you and I start talking about us, we'll hurt it. Oh, yeah. Well, we prayed and we didn't do like other folks did. And we did this and nobody else did. And we did this. And we did subtle ways and then sometimes some obvious ways. You want to ruin your anointing? You want to stop the move of God in your life? You just start talking like that. Well, yeah, we did this, and the other folk didn't do this, and so we did this. And mm-mm. No. It's by the grace of God. It's not trying to be humble. That's reality. Right? So we don't talk about you. You don't talk about me. We don't make a big deal out of me. I don't make a big deal out of you. We come in here, and we glorify Him. We glorify Him. We magnify Him. And the more we do, the Spirit of God will move. And you can do it in your house. I know Brother Hagin used to tell this, and boy, it stuck in me. The first time I ever heard him as a younger man say it. He said there was a fellow that was a contemporary with he and some of the other young ministers that they all knew and fellowship with. He said this young man had an anointing on him as an evangelist. And he said it was so outstanding. He said... They'd been in huge conventions before where somebody had already got up and given an altar call 
and went on and on and on. And they called this young man up and said, he'd get up. And in just a few minutes, every sinner, every backslider in the place would get out of their seats and come to the altar. And I mean, just like that. He said, every time they were somewhere, didn't make news. How small, how big, it was the anointing would come. And people would be convicted and they'd just get up and go. And that had happened so many times until when they'd get to these big conventions, everybody just call on him when it came altar, uh, time for the altar call. And that's right. We need to observe and respect anointings on people. Right? And if somebody's got a stronger anointing than us in that area, defer to them. None of us have it all. And he said one night there had been this tremendous altar call and they would called on this young man. He got up after somebody had already done an altar call. They called on him. He got up and did something else. And man, just hundreds of people just came down and filled up the altar. And some of the young men were coming to him talking about how wonderful it was and how great he did and how great he was and, and all this. And said uh, he looked over and took this one young man by the tie. He said, well, I tell you what. When I can't get them, nobody can. <laughs> Brother Hagin said, the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, now watch him. From this point, his ministry will go down. And he said, sure enough, it did. He just went down, down until, you know, he just wasn't used, wasn't called on him. Pride goes before a fall and destruction. And God's not going to share his glory because it'd be a lie. Do you understand why he can't share his glory with you? It'd be a lie. For him to act like you did it would be a lie. He can't do that. He can't be a partner to a lie. And if you or I are so deceived that we don't know, we think it was us who did it when it was him, then he can't continue to use us. We become unusable. Now this ties in with what we've been looking at on Sunday. Do you remember we talked about Numbers 12, 3? Now the man Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth and also the most used man of God in his generation. Why? Because he knew it wasn't him doing it. And after all the signs and wonders in Egypt, he still knew it wasn't him. So God kept using him, kept using him, right? Oh, thank God. Because he resists the proud, but he gives his grace, grace, grace to the humble. Tell me again two things the Holy Ghost does when he moves. He manifests the word. He magnifies and glorifies Jesus. Go to Romans 15, please. And the Lord's helping us tonight. Romans 15. Now remember in the early part of this series, we saw that a key to the move of the Spirit is environment. Remember that? And one of the environments that we noticed was when people were in unity. Remember that? Again and again, the book of Acts, they were in one place, one mind, one accord, Spirit of God comes, moves. But I think sometimes we didn't stop to ask the question, okay, they were in one mind. About what? About one mind. Well, what was the combined mind on? Did you know? Uh, there, how many remember Jesus talked about if any two of you 
would agree as touching anything they ask, it'd be done by the Father. Well, that word is, uh, we get our word symphony from it. Symphoneo. And it means an agreement. Instead of uh, hitting the wrong chord, it's like when these instruments up here hit the same chord. And there's harmony and there's unity. They're one sound. And so you could see that he's not talking about people just saying the same thing. They're in agreement. They are together on this. Right? I mean, you can pray a prayer and say the same words, but not be believing for the same thing. But when you are, then you're in agreement. Did you know you can do that in a wrong thing? You know, the Bible said Ananias and Sapphira did that. And you know, Ananias fell dead when he lied to the men of God and to the Holy Ghost. And when his wife came in, Sapphira, the Spirit of God said through Peter, how is it that you have agreed together? That's the same word that's used. And Jesus talking about if any two of you agree, but they had agreed together in a bad thing. They were combined and unified in an evil thing, and she fell dead too. How many know it would have been a different deal if when she'd have showed up, she'd have said something different? What if she'd have repented and said, no, that's not right. But they agreed in the evil thing. Now, um, Romans 15, are you here? One mind, one accord. But listen to this. This is what the one mind was on. Romans 15, 5. Now, the God of patience... Everybody say, like father. Like, father. like child. Like How about you? Are you the son of patience? The daughter of patience? Man, I'm getting looks all over the crowd like, <laughs> ah, Brother Keith, that's my weak ear. Don't say that again, not one more time. Because when your patience quits, that's also when your faith ends. Do you know that? That's another sermon. But don't say that again. Patience is not about how you feel. Patience is about controlling yourself when you feel like giving up or quitting. Or, you know, and every time you get an opportunity, exercise. You at the checkout stand, people are taking too long. You're in traffic, people are taking too long. And your flesh wants to You get hyper and act up. That's when you go, oh, oh time to exercise. Yeah. <laughs> you sit there, your flesh is wanting to jump up and down. You say, you just sit right here and you be quiet. And we're going to stretch and exercise. We're going to sing a little slow song right now. I'm so patient. Yes, I am. I'm so patient. Yes, I am. Now you got to do this when your flesh is going, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I got stuff to do. I got places to go. I'm late. I'm late. (laughs) You know, it shouldn't be a surprise if people say for 20 years, I have no patience. I'm sorry. That's one of my weaknesses. I don't have any patience. Yeah, everybody knows that. And they wish you'd quit saying that and begin to exercise it so it would grow. And develop. 
He said, the God of patience and consolation grants you to be what? Like-minded one toward another. Now here's the qualification. According to Christ Jesus. Not just all. All of us could be thinking about getting drunk. All of us could be thinking about how we could beat each other out of money. You could be like-minded. But it's about a specific thing. According to Christ Jesus. Now here you go. Here's the unity. Verse 6. That you may with what? With one mind and one mouth. Do what? Do what? Glorify God. Even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what. When it says they were in one mind and one accord. That's what he's talking about. One mind to glorify God. One mouth to glorify God. Not to make you something big. Not to make people notice me. To glorify God. Glorify God. People talk it, but don't do it. Why, we just want to give all the glory to God. Yeah, don't take the picture on that side. This side. (laughs) Oh yes, we're giving all the glory to Him. You know what I'm talking about? Phony, fake, false humility. Actually proud of how humble they think they are. No, I mean truly, genuinely, seriously, when you're getting up and getting dressed to come to church, you're thinking, we're going to glorify God tonight. We're going to rock the house to the glory of God. And every singer is not saying, whoo, I'm going to show them how I can sing. Hope there's some talent scouts out there. (laughs) And every player is not thinking, whoo, I'm going to hit a hot lick now. Watch this. Whoo, smoking. Yeah. Wow. Do you see that? (laughs) Now you laugh, but you know how many folk are doing that? Not our bunch. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And preachers going to show off how much they know and what they can do and how big words they can use and how hard they studied and how long I prayed. And, and the further you go with that, the deader it gets. Because the Holy Ghost is not going to move to confirm that and manifest that and magnify you. It doesn't have to be every soul in the building. If just us that are here right now came in this service, all of us, one mind, to magnify and glorify God. One mouth, not to talk about you and me, to talk about Him and what He has done and what His will is, how good He is to glorify Him. You know what you're going to have? What are you going to have? You're going to have the moving of the Spirit because that's what He's interested in. That's what He has come to do. To glorify Him. Magnify Him. Manifest Him. Now we're on the same page. Can you see it? Thank you, Master. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Go to Acts 13. How about it? I'm ready to act on this right now. I think you can take a little bit more. Acts 13. 
Acts 13. Actually, back up to verse 12, and you'll see what we're talking about here. 1220, because this wasn't written chapter and verse, it all flowed together. Herod, 1220, was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon, and they came with one accord to him, and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. They didn't like him, they didn't care about him, they just wanted something from him. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration to them. And the people gave a shout. And they said, it is the voice of a God and not a man. What is this? This is flattery, which is always devilish. It's one of the devil's favorite and most effective tools. Flattery. Oh, you're so wonderful. Oh, I've never heard anything like that. Oh, you're amazing. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) Yeah, they are liars. They want something out of you. Did you hear me? Flattery. But your flesh likes to hear that kind of stuff. Tell me again. (laughs) your flesh don't kid yourself your flesh wants to be told how smart you are and how amazing you are and how good looking you are and how wonderful you are how nobody's like you and And even though you know they don't mean it your flesh says oh let's listen a little while longer (laughs) even when you know they're trying to snow you your flesh wants to hear it and on this day, I mean, you're talking about going on and on. They said, oh, have you ever heard anything like that? I've never heard anything in my life. I don't even think he's a man. He's not a man. He's a God. And they all cried out, he's a God. Ooh, he's a God. He's a God. He's not even a man. He's a God. An ignorant rascal that he was, he stands up and goes, yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. He was smitten and eaten of worms and died. Why? Why? Because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost and they buried him. And verse 24, but the word of God grew and multiplied while the worms was chewing on him. Mister, I'm not a man, I'm a God. (laughs) Now with that lovely thought in mind. Chapter 13. Verse 1. There were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. All these men were either prophets or teachers or prophets and teachers. Ministers of higher place. And verse 2 what they do? They came and had a council. And discussed and debated doctrine. Hmm? They what? 
They talk to each other and talk to each other and talk to each other until they could figure these things out. No. They ministered to the Lord. Not to each other. To the Lord. Say that out loud. They ministered to the Lord. Say it again. They ministered to the Lord. Say it again. They ministered to the Lord. And this is where Faith Life Church has come short. We're young. We're learning. But we're going to begin to make changes here. And you and I are going to learn how to minister to the Lord. Did you hear me? Not me ministering to you. Not you looking at me. Us, me, you, us, ministering to the Lord for more than five minutes. If we want the move of the Spirit. we got to learn this. we got to develop in this. And we cannot have entertainment mentality. Where you come and plop down and just watch me. Or I watch you. Or you and me both got to minister to him. Minister to him. Notice what? They ministered to the Lord and what? And what? And fasted. How long? How long? Can you say you fasted ten minutes? Well, I've been fasting today. How long did you fast? I think it was twenty minutes. I didn't eat a thing. I fasted for 30 minutes today. I fasted for 45 minutes. No. Now here's a question. I want to ask you. Think about it. Are our services too short? See, we live in a society where a lot of folk think I go too long. A lot of people have pre... I mean, Sunday... Noon. Right? I mean it's noon or somebody's messing up. But now, where did we get that? Where does that come from? Let me mention, while we're here, let's look at a couple. New Testament services. Hmm? Let's look at a couple of them. Well, actually, we're already looking at one. These ministers got together. So this is a ministered meeting. Maybe a real small one, but it's a ministered meeting. And they ministered to the Lord, so they're not preaching to each other. They're not sitting there talking. They're ministered to the Lord. What does that mean? It literally means to serve Him. How do you serve Him? Well, if you were here, I forget how long ago, we talked about praising God. We talked about the different kind of offerings of praise and worship and thanksgiving and about how it ministers to Him. He enjoys it. He will receive it from us. It's something that we can actually give the giver that He will receive from us true worship. How many remember the Bible said God is a spirit? Those that worship Him must worship Him how? In the spirit 
And in truth, got to be genuine, got to be totally honest, totally sincere, no fake, no junk. Because God seeks such to worship, seeks the creator who has everything. It's something he wants, he's looking for. And it's not about somebody building his ego, it's about the fellowship. He wants to have that one-on-one with us, that closeness, that fellowship. And so these guys gathered together, and they did that. They worshipped him, they praised him, they loved on him, they extolled him. And fasted. Now in order to fast. You're going to have to miss at least. One meal. Would you agree? Say you fasted. You got to miss at least a meal. How long does it take. To miss one of your regular meals. You can't say you did it in an hour. Right. I submit to you. That we're talking at least. Three. Four. Five hours. So here's an example of a three, four, five hour service. So we said, why are you talking about this? Read the rest of it. They ministered to the Lord and what? Fasted as they did it. What happened? Here we go. Here we go. The Holy Ghost said something. He's moving. He's moving. He's moving. Are we sure that it happened in 10 minutes? They can't fast in 10 minutes. How long did they do this before the Holy Ghost spoke? I think a minimum of three hours. Probably closer to half a day. Right? Four, five, six hours. But what is that? What is that? People think that's such a huge deal. Oh, we worshiped God for a solid hour. <laughs> okay. That ain't much. Man, we were in service for two and a half hours. Man, I prayed for a solid hour. That shows our immaturity. Our babyhood stage of development. The truth is, most folk ain't doing that. There's all kind of Christians that love God and saved or to be here tonight. Our people. Did you hear me? Hang that time. Too busy. Hang that time. Too busy. Too busy. And we got all kind of our people. You know. I don't like to say it. But they ain't got time to read their chapter. Too busy. And so they're also too busy for the moving of the spirit in their life. Well. Go back to Acts 5. Let's just establish this a little bit further. Acts 5. This is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Remember them? So Ananias comes into the service. And he tells that he's going to sow all this into the kingdom of God. And Peter, by word of knowledge, knew he was lying. Called him on it. He died right there. Remember that? Verse 6. The young men arose and wound him up. Lion will wind you up. <laughs> and they carried him out and buried him. Now I think this is interesting. No funeral. Nobody asked Sapphira what kind of casket to get. No, they just took him out, out of there and buried him. 
And Sapphira, verse 7, about the space of what? Three hours after, she comes in. Service is still going on. Did you get this? They already had a move of the Spirit. (laughs) And a funeral. (laughs) That his wife don't even know about. And uh, she comes in about the space of what? Three hours. And the implication is that this is a regular service. Somebody say three hours. And I, you know, he talked to her and she fell down dead. And I doubt that was the end of the service. They probably had a good altar call that night. (laughs) Probably was a lot of folk getting right with God, right? (laughs) Repenting for lying and other things. And verse 11, great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord. And it goes on talking about how they brought the sick in the streets and Peter's shadow fell on them. This is the moving of the Spirit. Right? And they are not having two-hour services. They're having three and four and five-hour services. Right? Don't get scared. I'm just reading the Bible. (laughs) But it really does come down to, are you hungry or not? Are you serious or not? The truth is, so many folk are so carnal that rushing home and time for the news or certain show or eating a sandwich is more important to them than the move of the Spirit. It's a sad reality. And you've heard people saying it's true before every great move of God, and that's a move of the Spirit, is prayer. That's true. But there's something comes before that. There's something comes before the prayer. It's hunger. Why do people get to praying like that? Why do people get to staying late and just keep on praising and keep on praising and keep on praising and keep on worshiping because they get hungry? They get hungry for God and that hunger motivates them and stirs them and they draw near to God. And then what happens? He draws near to them. Spirit of God moves. Can you see it? And then we got a special service. Let's read about that one. Turn it over to chapter uh, 20. It's a special service. (laughs) This is Paul's service for the... Eutychus was. Paul, you know, called for a special service and the people came and met him. Verse 7, the first day of the week. So this would have been, you know, their Sunday service. The disciples came together to break bread and Paul preached to them, ready to depart the next day. So this is a special service. And he continued his preach until midnight. (laughs) that's a long time right when did they start implies morning he continued till midnight even if it had started at 6.30 or 6 o'clock 
which I doubt. That's six hours. If they started at 10 o'clock like we do, how long is that? 10 to 10 is 12 hours. Midnight's 14 hours. Now, do you know how folk could act about even the thought of a 14-hour service? They'd just choke. Oh, well, I ain't going. That's crazy. Is it crazy or are you carnal? Which one is it? Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not interested in just coming and doing nothing. And going on and on and on and there's nothing in it and there's no one on I'm not interested in that. But we've got to be open to doing what these men did, ministering to the Lord hour after hour. Long enough to get our minds quiet and off of all the stuff of the day and our life and our home and our bills and our stuff until enough of us get on the same page. One mind. One mouth to glorify God, then we can have the moving of the Spirit more. Well, you might think, well, man, Paul was there. Glory to God. Yeah, I had no problem. I'd have sit there. Whoo, I'd have been so excited. Well, Eutychus fell asleep. <laughs> Didn't he? Must not have been <laughs> shaking the floor. Right? Said, oh no, 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 I not in Paul's meeting. I wouldn't go to sleep. If you've ever been asleep in any other meeting, then you probably could. <laughs> so people put these romantic ideas about how it was. Oh no, man, you know, the fire would have probably been flying off the walls. Apparently not, because I think Eutychus would have stayed awake if it had been fire flying off the wall. <laughs> hour after hour kept going by. Hour after hour, three hours, five hours, eight hours, ten hours. Why? Because it's a special service. (laughs) Regular service, you know, three, four, five, six hours. But this is a special service tonight. (laughs) You do know I didn't write this, right? You know, this was here a long time before me and you got here. I want it. Oh God, I want to move, move just like in the book of Acts, just like in the book of Acts. You're asking for 12 hour services. Because that's what's in the book of Acts. (laughs) Eutychus sitting in the window. He's a young man. So he didn't fall asleep because he was old. And he had fallen into a deep sleep. He's not just napping. He's sawing logs, man. He's in a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, I guess so. 10, 12, 14 hours. He sunk down with sleep and fell out the window on the third floor. And was taken up dead. Didn't say they thought he might be close to death. The Bible said the boy was dead. (laughs) I don't know if he ever knew it or not. (laughs) What's the motto of that story? (laughs) 
I've heard all kinds of things. Don't go to sleep until somebody said, don't sit in the window if you do. Don't sit in the window. That's the mind. Well, Paul went down and fell on him and embraced him, said, don't trouble yourself. His life is in him. And when he therefore was come up again, well, you may come up again. He was dead. And they broke bread. They went ahead and ate. Because, you know, he just died and come back. So he might be hungry. (laughs) And they ate. Well, how long is this now? We're already till midnight. And then this happened. This was an hour or two. Surely the service is over now. Surely. I mean, we've gone 14, 15 16 hours, we had somebody die and raised them up again. We done had another meal. And Paul said, y'all sit back down. Right? Y'all sit back down. This special service. We're going long today. And he talked a long while. He already done talked a long while. Even till break of day. All night long till daylight till the sun came up. And they brought the young man alive and they were not a little comforted. They were happy about it. Go back to 13. Do you see something here? I asked a question. Are our services too short? Think about it. I'm just talking about as a whole church. Have we compartmentalized church into something that fits into our schedule? Hmm? And have we said, okay, Spirit of God, you can move here for two minutes. You could move here for three minutes if you want to. We'll give you about five right here. But, you know, 12 o'clock, we've got to go. If you even have that attitude and mentality, and before you even show up, you're wanting to leave, you're wanting to go, how does that affect him? So people look at the preacher. It ain't about me. You and I together are supposed to be coming here to worship him. Right? And to love on Him and minister to Him. And as we do it unified enough, and we all get to thinking the same thing, to glorify Him, and you're not standing there, and this person's thinking about this, and as many people as there are thinking about something different, and just mouthing words. If you've done gone very far with the Lord, you've learned this. If you're studying, if you're praying, if you're praising God, your flesh has a voice. Your mind has a voice. And if you've been busy, it's going. And you start to try to praise God or pray, it can take you sometimes, some time, before your mind quietens and your body gets still. And if you don't go long enough to do that, then you're still just in the flesh, operating in the flesh. And it's difficult for the Spirit of God to move. Look at chapter 13. Then we're going to act on this at least a little bit. What does it say? Chapter 13, verse 1. There were these men of God, these people of God, they came together and they did what? They ministered to the Lord and what? That took some time. So they did this for hours. How many can agree? That, you know, I think we can safely agree they did this for hours. More than a couple. Ministered to the Lord. 
minister to the Lord. Minister skipped a meal. Maybe two. We don't know. I mean, they might have did this a whole day. I don't know. We know at least a meal. The Holy Ghost spoke. Is this important? Think about what he said here in a minute. He said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them to. They're already called. They're already saved. They're already anointed. He says, now's the time for them to be separated to this other ministry and this thing I've called them to. And so when they had what? Well, that's got to be at least another meal. Right? Can you see they were here hours and hours or days? And prayed and they laid their hands on them and they sent them away, verse 4. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Did the Spirit of God move? He said these, I mean, he could have said anybody else. He could have said somebody that wasn't there. He said these two men. Set them apart to me. And they knew what that meant. That meant pray over them. Long enough to miss a meal. That's hours of praying. Lay hands on them in faith. Send them out. And then they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Is this a move of the Spirit? These men were already called and anointed. But here are two uh, extensions and developments of ministry that were launched this day. And the book follows them. Have you read what happened with Barnabas and uh, Saul? Did the Spirit of God move in these pages to come? Miracles and healings and whole towns and cities turned into God? It came out of this. Can you see this? A move of the Spirit that kept on manifesting moves of the Spirit. Because they didn't just go. They were called specifically and sent by the Holy Ghost. Well, of course, He's anointing them and directing them. But back up, back up. What environment did this come out of? As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Stand up on your feet. Let's do that for a few minutes. At least. Can the Holy Ghost speak to you? You Speak to the congregation. Speak to us. As we minister to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, just lift up your hands. Praise Him and thank Him. Glory to your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.